are now listening to The Awakened Soul. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Awakened Soul. I know I'm a little late this week. I apologize. Had some mishaps with the recording. Had to do some rescheduling. Had to pull some stuff together. But guess what? It all worked out for the best because of the topics we were able to discuss. Um, so we got Cliche from Duelistic coming on to talk about a interesting take on the on the, the rape culture subject. Um, this one about women's actually being aggressors in rape um, and, and, and raping both men or not necessarily just rape. It was more um, sexual misconduct uh, with, with women that they acted upon either other women or men um just just uh, that that one's a a a shorter segment um one that i i think no one's really i uh, at least haven't heard anyone really talk about it from that aspect so um we're interested in getting into that um so yeah it's gonna be a fun show we got andrew bellow coming back uh to talk uh he's in in two segments he's in stay woke um and then he's also in uh the movie and review section uh, where we're actually talking about the movie White Man Can't Jump, with his, which is a classic uh, from 1992. So we're going to get into our intro music on the other side of that intro music. Uh, it's going to be off the roof page, talking about a couple of things, and we're going to get into the show proper. <laughs> The Awakened Soul. The Awakened Soul. Awakened soul. All right, now. I'm super excited. I've, I've missed you guys. Like, you know, I say that each and every week, but especially when I'm a little late coming with the podcast, I start thinking about my listeners. Uh, it doesn't help that Monday morning when my podcast is usually up, Ralph from uh, Oversaturated the Podcast decided to call me out saying that uh he was missing one of his monday podcasts so i i apologize for that but this is episode 30 of the awakened soul we got a doozy plan for you on this one uh, i already talked about that in the opening of the show I'm not gonna go ahead and rehash that again but this is off the rip so we get to talk about a couple of things on Hayes's mind uh and i apologize i think i'm coming down with a slight cold but nonetheless i'm still bringing this podcast to you guys um also check out Love, Lust, and Badass Soul this week, which is me without the lovely Miss uh, Badass Jones, unfortunately, because she is on vacation in Jamaica. It's me, and then I brought fame in, not for the whole show, not for, uh, it's, I did a little different, so check out that one. It should be coming a little bit later, Um, but as far as topics with Hayes, you know, I'm still thinking about the Star Wars movie. Um, I know I'm a nerd. Um, I saw it again. Um, so the, I may bring Cooper on me and him talked, uh, briefly in the chat. Um, cause he's a big star Wars. He's a big nerd in general, like me, but, uh, we, he has some things to say about star Wars that I think a lot of people who enjoy that type of thing will get a lot out of. So I may bring it back on for another conversation on star Wars. Um, but 2017, I'm sorry, 2018, um, got some great stuff planned for you guys in both January and February. Uh, we're going to get Breezy Bree back. Uh, me and her have been talking about uh, a couple of different things we're going to do with the podcast. I told you guys I was going to talk to her about uh, becoming a little a more permanent fixture. She's going to kind of be like Bello. She's going to come in and out. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I, this week has been crazy with work. Um, 
it's not really much a lot going on. I mean, uh, the, the Marvel merger with Fox is is something that we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna have a segment and talk about at some point. But uh, you know, it's not finalized yet. But the Mouse House, man, I'm telling you, they're they're getting everything that like they're gonna own so much when this deal is over. With. I hope that you know it, they're a conglomerate. Conglomerate, if I could talk, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it, it's so. You know that 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 leaves a lot to talk about. You know the X Men and, and Avengers possibly joining up, be, being able to be in the movie together at some point. I don't know if that's going to work out, and that's something that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to. Is that the Avengers contracts? I mean, we're going into Infinity War Part One and whatever they decide to name Part Two, and uh, you know the X Men that that deal isn't going to be finalized for uh, everything's been reported about eighteen months to two years, and. I don't think a lot of these Avengers are going to be around. So the Avengers team that we've been used to now, of course, they'll have a new Avengers team that the X-Men will probably get to team with. But we may never get to see Captain America and Wolverine share a screen together. Just think about that. And for anyone who knows the, the comics at all, that that they have they have they're pretty intertwined throughout history. Um, they, They've interacted a couple of times. So that that's a little strange. But, uh, you know, we'll see how Marvel. I, I trust them wholeheartedly. Um, there, there's been nothing uh, that they've done that I haven't liked. I mean, there's been some some stuff, of course, that I liked more than others, but nothing that I've hated. Uh, so we'll see how that deal shakes down. Um, also, you know, I do want to talk about the whole genuine thing, but me and Bello actually break that down in its own segment, so I don't really have much to talk about. So instead of yabbering and yabbering and yabbering, we're going to get into a brief musical break. On the other side of that break is going to be me and Cliche uh, talking about the subject of male rape which is a little bit different uh let me know what you guys think about this let's go ahead and get into that intro music now i see you lovely people on the other side five four three two one Carolina blue kicks, hottest nigga on the block. Used to willy bicycle since I was six. Uh, high school, the crossover waved away kicks. Music is the same shit, gave away hits. So, my get it together or forget it forever. When I go at you hard, I can get it through leather. You act like Jigger can, get it whoever. Talking, you got a man. Okay, my end. That's high school, making me chase you round for months. Having a fear, act like an adult for once. Plus, my hand is up your skirt. Goddamn, you flirt. What's a little me on top gonna hurt? Maybe a little, but. Pain is pleasure and pressure bust fights And you look like the, I like your rough type We can crush the night, tell me what you like I got a yellow bottle on a bucket of ice Get right, young hover Even though I wanna see How you put that thing on me I can't let you Cliche. Nothing. Nothing. I'm mm-hmm. tired African American and overworked. I feel that. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely overworked. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we, we got Cliche from the Dualistic Podcast making her return to the Awakened Soul. And last time you were here, we were talking about consensual rape. Now we're talking about a different type. So now you're you're like the rape expert of the awakening. So how do you feel about that? I don't know how I feel about being all that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want that behind my name. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm an expert or anything. No, but I mean, all jokes aside, so we're here. I wanted to, to talk about uh, a topic that I was just, I Google random stuff to, to get material from my podcast. And I came across this and it was, um, uh, sexual victimization by women on men uh, article um, 
And I sent it to you, told you I wanted to talk about it. Of course, short notice, you came through because you're my booski. <laughs> you know, you're going to come through for me. Um, but how, how, what did you think about this article when you first read it? Um, I definitely thought it was interesting because I've heard it before. Um, but just to actually read up on it and because I've heard it from other, like from men, but actually read up on it and be like, OK, it's just it was just interesting because we always hear the other side of things like the the way it's flipped men yeah, raping women and not the other way around and they brought in different scenarios but yeah definitely interesting yeah and it, it was it was like i said especially with all the rape allegations that are coming out of hollywood uh most of them have been men now it's been men on other men men on women it's been mm-hmm. several several different but we haven't heard it all about women and 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 so this article and i'll just go over some of the stats from it um, it was just published in October of 2017, just, just a few months ago. It's not extremely old, um, but it looks like over the course of, of four years, studies were found that men are more likely to be victims of sexual abuse than previously thought, and that men and women are, are equally likely to experience some non-consensual form of sex or sexual acts. Um, and then also 79% of men who were forced into penetration were forced by women women or female perpetrators. So just just taking that, and there's more to unpack from this, but when you hear that, what what's the first thing that comes to mind? Because me initially, I got I kinda I guess went first to like statutory rape, because you hear a lot of teachers sleeping with male students. That's kind of what I went to. And you know, so it's it's in the article as well. That article will be tagged in in the description of this podcast, but when you hear those stats, what were the first thing that came to mind? Um, honestly, definitely, I thought the same thing. I wasn't. I was thinking more of like teacher on boys, like young kids, like boys. Um, I wasn't thinking grown men in a sense. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was just really. I don't know what I would say. <laughs> it was just interesting, and that's definitely what I thought of. I definitely thought mainly teachers on men in that aspect and and you know even more troubling from this and this is kind of what took me out of possibly the teacher on young male students aspect was that 58 percent of the male victims reported that it, it evolved a violent attack meaning that the female perpetrator either hit knocked down or some some way attacked the male victim mm-hmm. now that's something even in the the teacher scenario that we don't hear that much so that kind of makes me think that you know, after reading that part of it, that maybe it was older men that this was happening to. And just the idea of a man being attacked and forcibly uh, put into some sexual situation, that's something that a lot of people would automatically say is not possible. Like some people still to this day think it's not possible for a grown man to be raped by a woman. Um, so do you do you even before this, do you have you ever thought that that's not really possible for a grown man to be raped? I definitely woman. thought it was, I think it's possible, especially if you're under the influence, mm-hmm. um, whether it's alcohol or anything. It's definitely something that's possible. <laughs> you wouldn't think from someone being as little as me. Um, but if any anyone who's under the influence can definitely be taken advantage of. And that kind of goes back to, you know, whether they're consciously aware of it or not. Because, I mean, you really can't say yes or no if you're hella under the influence or anything like that. So I think... I definitely thought it was possible. Now I can't picture myself doing that, but it's definitely possible. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely possible, but like to hear that 58% of, of male victims who are, who, 
who are forced into something <laughs> sexual or attacked like that. That's some pretty mm-hmm. aggressive women, women right there. And I, I think it's something that, you know, I, I definitely wanted to talk about. I wanted to share a light on because while it it's terrible what's happening to women in Hollywood and everything that's coming out, let's not forget. And it hasn't come out yet. As, as far as I know, I don't think anyone in Hollywood, any males have come out and said that a female producer has raped them or not. But let's just be aware that this is out here and it is happening. And it's not something that men are just going to go out there and say either, because men are supposed to be strong. Y'all are not, it's not something that you guys are definitely just going to admit to, oh, I got raped by a woman. It's not something y'all are just so open to speak on. Do you, um, do you think that that, just from your opinion, I mean, neither one of us are professionals, so everyone listening, we are just talking about this as anybody else would, just to kind of put that information out there and, and to start that conversation. But do you think that that uh, contributes a lot to, to the common thought that men can't be raped because a man just probably wouldn't admit something like that. Like I, I'm, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Like I know so many people who would literally probably say it's a fantasy to have a woman attack them and try to rape them. And I don't want to make light. I don't want to make light of the situation at all. But, um, I think that, so to hear a man actually report that, I think some people would kind of take it comically and it's not funny at all. I mean, I have a son, you have a son, they're, they're not nearly that old now, but to think about my son going through something like that, like I, I would definitely not want it to be a made comedic at all. Definitely not. And actually a friend of mine told me a story when he was younger, actually I think in high school and he was telling me how he actually got raped by an older girl that he went to prom with. And it's crazy. You wouldn't think you would hear anything like that, but he was like, yeah, that definitely happened. It's something that's possible. And he was just so much in shock and you're, it's not something that you just, just talk about. Um, but when I heard that, that was the first time I actually heard that. And I was, that's like a couple of years ago that I heard that. Yeah. I mean, it definitely happens. It definitely happens. Um, and so let, let's talk because we're, we're kind of making this about, you know, women victimizing people and it's not just men. I, I definitely wanted to talk about that and share some light on that, but also in this report, it's said that women who are, who are in prison are more likely to be raped by another inmate than male in male prisons. And that's another thing that's really, you know, stereotypical. What's, what's commonly thought of and and put out there in the news. You really don't think about it like that. Um, but so what do you think when you hear that about woman on woman rape in prison, it's not really surprising, but the fact that it's more common than male males being raped by other males in prison, that surprised me a little bit. I think with women, we've always had that, oh, it's, I don't know the right wording for it, but we've always, it's always been easier for us to have some kind of sexual attraction to one another. I don't know why it's like that, but most women have a natural sexual attraction to one another. Um, Men, it's just something y'all are just not, it's not very, it's not done often in a prison with men, but in women, we're not, it's just something that happens. I can't really explain it because again, I'm not an expert, but naturally women, we're attracted to one another. You guys are not going to be like, oh, I think you have a nice, you know, ass or anything like that. (laughs) Like women, we naturally talk about each other's bodies and naturally comfortable with one another. So that has a lot to do with it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'm 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 just trying to take what you said. So you think that the sexual fluidity that's amongst women with other women contributes to that 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 number being so high as far as women raping other women in in prison? I feel like it does. Um, I definitely think it does. Yeah, yeah, and it. I mean, you know, same sex rape in prison is already you mm-hmm. know common and it's kind of normalized once you're in that environment, but. 
you know, to find that women are, are maybe even more aggressive. That that that's something that I just I, I don't think that's talked about enough is that there are women out there who can be extremely aggressive in has there ever been a time that you've been aggressively approached by a woman before? No, <laughs> that's <laughs> never happened to me ever. Good. I mean, I, I don't think I, that's ever happened to me. I don't think. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, I respect that. Has it happened? Has it happened to you? Um, has... I would say that I've been approached by aggressive women before, but never to the point to where I thought I may be raped. So no. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely, I've I've been approached by aggressive women before, um, especially older women. Like it's like it's like something goes off. Like once you pass the age of like forty to forty five, it's like something goes off in people's heads where they just truly don't give a damn anymore. That's true. <laughs> but That's definitely um, true. Yeah, that that for sure. Um, and so to kind of bring this this home, it it, it was women who were found to to victimize other people, both men and women. Um, in sexual situations are typically found to be um, either previously victimized themselves sexually or to have some form of of, of mental disorder or something going on there. Um, now, with with that with that statistic, does that um, what does that say to you? Like personally, when you when you see that women, those women have probably more more than likely been victimized themselves um it doesn't excuse it by any means but does that trauma kind of make them more or less sensitive to causing that trauma to other people it definitely does it's it's almost like the same situation if you have someone who's being bullied if you've been bullied you're gonna you're more susceptible to bully someone else so it's that same kind of concept if that's been done to you if you've been raped it may be easier for you to rape someone else just because of the pain from it. Um, not saying that it's right or anything of that nature, but it is something that it makes it easier. It doesn't make it right, but it makes it easier for you to do it to someone else. Um, like there's different situations for everything, uh, for everyone. Um, but yeah, that's what's up. Um, so yeah, I mean that that we pretty much hit all the all the main points on this article. But I wanted to ask you, like, um, if you had a male friend. Who came to you and said that re- as an adult that he let's say the night before um went through a situation like this what what would be the advice that you would get what, what would be the first steps you would tell them they should go oh that's a good question i know you got me on that one because i don't know what i would say because again it's still hard to even mentally for me to even say that it's still hard for me to believe if, mm-hmm. a, if a male came to me and told me that it would still be hard for me to believe. Um, and it's also hard for me to tell him to go to the police because it's it, it's funny. It's laughed at if a man goes to officials and says that he's been raped. It doesn't, it's not taken that serious. But definitely still reported. It's still something that should be reported and talked about because it's not talked about enough. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, hopefully having a conversation like this does, does cause people to be more willing to talk about it. Um but I do want to say, and this is something that I uh, that I did miss while we were talking, is that it seems like m- more women, it seems like, are, are willing to come forth and admit or report themselves that they had some for that they victimized someone than men were, um, and that 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 was a little a little weird to me to read that. Now, I mean, when you combine that along with the stat that you know most women who who partake in something like this were victims themselves. So is it that guilt that's coming through? Uh, it, it, that's just, I don't know. Like 
it was 48% of women who were who were found to have victimized someone came forward themselves. That that's a big number. That's a large number and I've never would have thought that the number would be that high. But I think for women we're more emotional creatures, so we mm-hmm. carry a lot of that on our shoulders. So we're probably more susceptible to say something about it than men. So if a man rapes a woman, y'all are not going to say that. <laughs> Oh, don't say and y'all. We're, don't say y'all. Say that. I want so, <laughs> yeah. men. Some men may not be able to say that. Uh, women, like I said, a lot of us are more um, emotional creatures, so we're definitely going to carry that on our shoulders, and we're going to possibly say something. It's still a high number. I still wouldn't think that someone would admit to that, but it makes sense. Absolutely, and and again, this article was from the Scientific American. This art, the the link to this is going to be posted down in the description. Um, but I mean, I know it was short. I just, we just wanted to talk about it. The, you guys will get a lot more in the, in the rest of the episode. I have some other things to go over, but cliche, I want to thank you for especially short notice, being able to come on and talk about such a heavy <laughs> topic. I promise you the next time you're on, we'll talk about something way more fun. Um, anyway. <laughs> where are they things that need to be talked about? So it's all good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So tell the people where they can find you at. Um, you can find me on, um, I guess my dualistic. So dualistic, um, on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook at dualistic, um, dualistic.com. Um, and, hmm, on Facebook, I said Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely you can find us everywhere. Alrighty. Well, again, check them out. One of my favorite podcasts as Samantha sneaks in the background. I see her. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> thank you for joining me again. Cliche. No problem. All right now. So that was cliche from the dualistic podcast. Uh, definitely check them out. Uh, she gave you her social media and she plugged all that good stuff. But now I know that was a little bit heavy of a topic. We're going to lift it up. And then unfortunately, I'm probably going to bring you back down. But in the middle of this podcast, we are going to be talking about white man can't jump. Uh, so we're going to get into a brief intro for that. And on the side of that, it's me and Andrew Bello, the best duo in podcasting history. Oh, it is hard goddamn work being this good. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, oh, rabbit is. Am I starting to get to you? No, Sydney, you aren't getting to me. You're just making my eardrums hurt. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, yeah, a fucking geek. A, a fucking like. geek. geek, exactly. Like All right? But what you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard <laughs> goddamn work making something this pretty. Look like a chump or a geek. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a guest here. I'm not going to call him a special guest because he's pretty regular around here. Uh, we got Andrew Bello back in the building. Uh, we're going to initially talk about a film. Um, I'll, I'll let him, I, we'll, we'll get into the title um <laughs> later on but he's going to join us for two segments he's going to join us for the film and tv review and then we're he's also going to join uh for one of our two stay woke segments of this here podcast and that is the andrew bellow the woken one what's going on brother not too much man happy to be back i think i'm gonna have to get a cot here in it it is what it is studios because i i'm here a lot like it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad thing if i could crash here every so often i'm currently semi-homeless so this works out uh, you are not homeless, but uh, <laughs> this is true. I'm not actually. That's why I said semi-homeless. I'm not, I'm not by any means. In, you know, in a real bad spot. I'm just 
not in the spot I'd like to be in currently. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I understand that completely. You're just you're just living the gimmick, man. That's all they're gonna embrace you. You're living the gimmick. It's true. <laughs> but we're here to talk about white men can't jump. What hey. a better what a better duo. What? Can you jump? Can you can you jump? Better? No. Oh. No, I can't. Okay. I mean, I can, but just not particularly high. <laughs> See, they, they have to specify. White men can't jump high. I know it doesn't have quite a ring to it, but we are physically capable of getting both feet off the ground. See, see, now saying white men can't jump high, I personally would take that title as meaning something completely different. So that's yeah, you know, that's especially probably. when we're talking about you. So <laughs> <laughs> I just trip over myself. I'm just I can't I can't figure out this this lift off. Oh man, but yeah, so we're we're talking a classic movie. This is 1992, taking us all the way back. I was not even six years old. We turned six that December. This came out in March, so I was five years old when this movie came out. But I remember it very well, um, and I've watched it a few times since. Bella, do you happen to remember since we're basically the same age? Your first time seeing this movie? I can't even think of when the first time it was, but like after I had seen it the first time, it instantly fell into that category of movies that anytime it's on, even if it's on like TBS and it's half censored and I got to deal with a hundred commercials, I'm watching it. I love this movie. This is, this is just classic stuff in my opinion. Exactly. Plus let's not forget Rosie Perez, who at that time was probably one of the hottest women around. You know what? I'm very glad you brought that up because one of my key issues if I have many with this movie, which I do not, I have I've, but maybe even one at this point. How in God's name did Billy Hoyle land that? I don't even understand. Like how how in the first place did he even get near that? I, I'm just I don't know. I took maybe issue with that. It's just unrealistic, frankly. Maybe he's well endowed. I suppose that's that's possible. I mean, considering, yeah, they're they're burying the entire white race with the title of this movie. I guess we can we can at least give Billy a little bit back. <laughs> or maybe maybe instead of that, maybe um, maybe she dated down. Maybe she had been cheated on before. I'm, I'm glad we're coming up with a whole backstory here. Maybe she's been cheated on several times before. And she said, you know what? I'll give the down on this luck white boy a chance. He won't cheat on me. You know, and it's not just that she's fine, too. It's that, like, in the movie, she's really smart. She's clearly the more responsible and mature of not only the two, but probably of of everyone in the entirety of the film. Like, she is the most well put together, both physically and mentally, of anybody in this whole movie. And for her to end up with Billy, who is just just such a degenerate there's really no other word for it he's just a he's a really just a, a a bum and has was even called as much i believe by her at points in the movie it, again the, the the little bit of the, the lack of realism as far as that particular couple always bothered me but you know when i turn on white man can't jump in addition to an excellent movie i get to look at rosie perez in her prime so no arguments here none at all none at all and if you did have some i'd have to send some people to check you out um, <laughs> but I mean, it's let's fair. go over the, let's go over the basic, basic premise of this movie. And that is Billy Hoyle, um, a, a street baller. Um, he gets, he gets gamed or worked by, uh, Sydney, who was Wesley Snipes character at first. They eventually team up to play, to play street ball together. Uh, they have this whole gimmick to where, you know, he picks them randomly, quote unquote, out the court where people just assume he can't ball, but, but Billy has some game. Um, and this personally uh, especially back in the 90s like this is when white people were just looked at as not being able to play basketball at all um which 
I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't really associate with that because my dad's white and he's probably one of the best non-famous basketball players I've ever seen. Shout shout out to my dad, by the way, Papa Hayes. Um, Papa Hayes. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, just it was just a, that's just the basic premise of this movie. The two women um, you, and you, you did say Gloria, who was um, Rosie Perez's character's name. Um, and then also Wesley Snipes wife. Who, for some reason, the name of the actress is completely skipping my mind right now. I believe her name was Rhonda in the movie. Yes. Really, kind of get these two together. Um, but what? Just that basic premise. Bello, or me? Do me and you now, or will we be able to go out and con some people with street ball? Please tell me you have some skill. I do. I have a little bit of skill. My shot is not necessarily the greatest, but I got, I got some, I got some passes. You definitely won't see coming. Well, you'll see them coming because they're going to you, but they won't see them coming. Uh, that's, <laughs> I guess, the general idea. But no, I got, I got, I got a little bit of game in me. I mean, I, I play, I play pickup ball like in the, when it's nice out around here every so often. Uh, very, very, you know, somewhat competitive group of guys, all pretty good shape. So uh, I, I can, I can hang. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow anybody off the court. But uh, I don't think we're gonna be hustling anybody. Body, unless you've got something up your sleeve that I'm unaware of, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to be making a whole lot of money out on the out on the you know on the on the blacktop anytime soon. That's all right. We're already the best podcasting duo in all the space and time, so you know that we don't we don't even need to take it to the blacktop. So we're not going to worry about that's that. fair. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll give that to somebody else. Though so we'll we'll run the airwaves. They can they can have the blacktop. <laughs> so I mean, so let, let's get into the thoughts of the movie overall, like Billy. As the character, we'll talk about Billy first, since he's kind of the he, he is the main character of this movie. Woody Woody Harrelson, who is such a better actor now, like watching him in this movie, you see how rough around the edges he kind of was. Like he he's such a more polished actor nowadays. But what do you think? What did you think about Billy? I I love Billy. I think this is really where I fell in love with Woody Harrelson. I I pretty much could watch just about anything that he's in now. Like Zombieland is like one of my mega guilty pleasures. I love that movie just because he's like great in it. Uh, But in this particular movie, I mean, it's one of those things where you could see the development from for him. He does obviously start off as as a degenerate kind of just bum trying to make his way trying to calm the next couple bucks out, pay the next couple bills, not getting into too much heat with this extraordinarily fine woman. Um, and, and, and then ultimately, as the, the, the movie progresses, not only does he kind of gain a better understanding of Sydney, but vice versa. And it really is a at the end of the day, it's a, it's a movie about about synergy amongst you know different cultures and different races. And uh, Billy, I think, actually doesn't necessarily almost need to come as far along as maybe Sydney does in certain aspects of things, because they both have just these incredibly twisted views of what the other one is about when they first meet. And then by the time they come together at the end, uh, you can you can you, know, you, you could see that they've made some serious progress. My, my favorite part about this whole movie, my favorite scene in particular, is uh, is the scene where they're driving in the car and uh, and, and Billy's playing Jimi Hendrix. And, and Sydney's like, yeah, you know, I know you're listening to Jimmy, but you don't hear Jimmy. <laughs> and it took me so long to really figure out what the hell he was talking about because I was still relatively young when I saw the movie for the first time. And when it finally clicked somewhere down the road and I like I really like heard music or a particular song. And, and I realized the difference between just listening to it and hearing it and why he was saying what he was saying in that moment. It, it's it's really like a, an extraordinarily profound moment in, in film, at least over the last 20 
25, 30 years or whatever the case may be. And uh, the the idea that Harrelson, this kind of just goofy white boy, is just like rocking, you know, or Billy, I guess, or this goofy white boy rocking Hendrix, driving down through, you know, not not necessarily the most of uh, reputable of neighborhoods where he most certainly was in danger at some of the points where they talk about it. Um, it he's just kind of he's, he's crazy, goofy white boy. And uh, as you can imagine, I could relate. So I like Billy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Billy Billy is. He's a very conflicted character. Um, but, I mean, with the way that the movie ends, he obviously has a big heart. And I think that he's one of those stereotypical people who his his actions get in the way of what's really in his heart. Like, he means well. He just completely seems to fuck every situation he's in up. Um, trying to be an opportunist. But, yeah, Billy, 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 very good character. Very good character. Plus, he has a hot girlfriend. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Not a and hot Asian wife, but a hot Latin wife, which is close enough. Yeah, no, it's 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 fine in its own right. Equal, uh, equally good, just you know, a little <laughs> bit different, a little bit on a different <laughs> spectrum, I suppose. But uh, I also like the that not only the the race relations with the two, but also Billy's, uh, you know, his 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 gambling addiction essentially is really what we're looking at here. Is the guy cannot turn down what he thinks is going to be an easy win, and obviously, if there there's not a whole lot of easy wins, otherwise we'd all be out winning them. So you know, the gambling addiction and his 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 love for for Gloria uh, uh, and and just kind of coming full circle and realizing that like he he had something he lost it and he did everything he could to get it all back together. Nice little like love you know love story aspect to this movie as well, which is which is great, multifaceted and uh, yeah. Again, Billy's the man. Uh, Sid- Sydney's pretty dope too, though. I mean, we might as well get into him as well here. Yeah, let's let's get into Sydney, who is freaking Wesley Snipes at his best. Like he is hilarious yes. in this movie. Um, <laughs> I struggle to really think of, of a movie where he's just purely funnier. Like he's great in this movie, um, conflicted as well. Um, he's a little bit smarter he, he kind of knows more about what he wants to do than than i would say billy was he's more refined i guess if you want to a more refined mess um but uh yeah i i don't know what else to say about he's hilarious and you know even with um when we get to the part of the movie where billy gambles his part of the winnings on if he can dunk or not wesley is kind of gaming him but not all the way i mean it's really billy's own hubris that kind of gets him in that situation but what did you think about Sydney? Yeah, I think that's that's really a, a good example of kind of what Sydney does to Billy all throughout the movie is that he gets him like to the doorstep, but he never really walks him through the door. But Billy's always dumb enough to do it. Like uh, from every step of the way, he's gaming him into, you know, like, oh, you got to ignore what she's saying. And then later he's telling him, listen to the woman. And he's like, what do you mean? Listen to the woman. You're the one who told me not to listen to the woman. He goes, no, no, no. I presented you with an option and you took it. And same thing with the gambling at the end. Like Sydney, Sydney knows how to get under Billy's skin, and and frankly, that's how Sydney is with everybody. He knows how to get under everybody's skin. Yes, he can ball, but at the end of the day, what wins the games for for Billy or, or for Sydney rather is the trash talking and the ability to get into people's heads. He's a, a sort of a like a street psychologist in this particular movie, and it's it it is a more refined mess. And I, I I think there's definitely that contrast there. And I think it's it's kind of there, you know, on purpose to have. Obviously, this was shot in the '90s, so much less uh, I guess tolerant times. Not to say that the '90s were the '50s by any means, but to paint the white guy as the complete utter mess, and 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 then the black guy obviously as the more refined 
more more well-rounded more articulate even uh mess it was kind of like an interesting contrast for particularly the time but especially for movies in general because up until this point this kind of dynamic really didn't exist a whole lot in movies it would normally be almost the other way around uh you know based on various stereotypes which we know all now not to be true uh, and probably <laughs> did then for that matter uh, but nonetheless that was just kind of like the generic way it would been would have been painted but in this in this case a little bit of a role reversal but again they're both so flawed in their own personal ways that it's not this incredible jump over to the other side it's just it's a it's a severe shade of gray which is perfect for a movie about a black and white man coming together and having their journey yeah, I mean that's ultimately you just summed it up completely. I don't I don't know what else to say there. That's that's what the overall message in this movie is. And you know we'll talk about the ending because I, I definitely want to talk about the ending because I think there's um there's a lot to unpack there about what it could mean. Um, but never got a sequel to this movie. It's not really a movie that ever needed a sequel. Um, but if there is one, me and you are trying out definitely for it. Uh, Bello, we're gonna yes, we're gonna audition yeah. for it. But um, <laughs> no, but uh, so the basketball in this movie, how did you feel about the way the street ball was was uh depicted in this movie? Because I've been out on 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 the court. I've definitely played, especially like with my god brother. Me and him used to go around the corner and play all the time. And the sh- the shit talking is even worse. I mean, it's less organized, of course. But uh, wh- what did you think about how street ball was was depicted here yeah i mean obviously when i first kind of saw the movie i mean you know my background i it's not like as if i had been out playing a lot of pickup games and you know in this type of environment i guess to, to put it as, as neatly as i possibly can but you know it it was very uh with the exception of the organization it did feel very real like there was there was the you know just the the visceralness of them all having this chemistry like they they all they all talk shit to one another but they all like know each other's mother too <laughs> like you know it's just like that kind of weird vibe where it's all like it's like a block party and a basketball game broke out and 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 i i think it was you know not only well done from from just kind of the feel but ultimately from uh from the basketball end of things too because you know some of the best ball players you're ever going to find are guys you're never going to hear of they're never going to be in the nba but they're out there just smoking dudes at your local court like day in and day out and there's there's definitely some of those guys here and uh, and ultimately, like, again, without the whole org- organization and the, the tournament and all that kind of stuff, that seemed a little forced and probably needed to be for the narrative. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, I thought it was it was well done. I did actually read real quick before I pass it back to you, the IMDb uh, page about this kind of earlier today, just to make sure I was I was fully up on all this. There's a little fun fact there that says the basketball instructor that taught Harrelson and Snipes, uh, you know, kind of to, to, to be better at basketball. I guess I'm sure they knew how to play. But they said that by the time that they were done filming, they had actually worked their way up to the level to where they probably could have started like on most D3 college teams. So these guys are actually like trained in basketball pretty extensively in order to to, to put this film together, which is which is always great. Adds that level of, of realism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing uh, that they were able to train that hard, which, you know, it shows they definitely didn't look like they uh, didn't know what they were doing out there. So more power to them. More power to him. That's that's. Look at you. You're always doing research around here, you bastard. I gotta come prepared, man. I mean, this <laughs> is the awakened soul. This ain't some jabroni Mark podcast out there. You know, I'm trying to come trying to trying to bring some facts <laughs> to the masses here. <laughs> yeah, man. So, oh, that's 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 crazy though. 
Um, so let's let's get back to the women. Um, I definitely want to talk about them a little bit more. You already talked about Rosie and how she was really kind of the brains behind the operations. Highly intelligent. Uh, had dreams of being on Jeopardy. Well, she made it to Jeopardy. And besides answering Babe Ruth as the all-time NBA rebound leader, which Babe Ruth played baseball, not basketball, <laughs> she, she did pretty well. Um, yeah, so what, what do you think about that that whole scene with, with her being on Jeopardy and how that came about? Because it was Sydney's wife, I believe, who got her that spot. Did Sydney know somebody? I can't remember exactly. I think he had Sydney had a friend. Sydney had a friend that was playing on that one court and, and Billy had to like, didn't Billy have to like make a half court shot to like just yeah. get her on the property or something, something crazy like that. But um, I, I love the callback when she's on, on Jeopardy and one of the categories is foods that start with the letter Q. Like every time that part comes up, I start cracking up because like much earlier on in the movie, she's she's like berating Billy like about how smart she is and how ready she is for, for Jeopardy. And I know seven words. I know seven foods that begin with the letter Q. And she uses that exact phrase. And then sure enough, it pops in at the end. It pops me every time. I just think it's so damn funny. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, her killing it on Jeopardy was great. Uh, I just I thought it was I thought it was kind of a nice neat little ending to the whole thing there where she ends up you know she and actually gets on Jeopardy and if anyone deserves anything good at the end of this movie it's her because she dealt with some bullshit through the entirety of it and well before it probably if you're following the you know the storyline with her and Billy so uh, yeah it, it was nice that she got the she got the big payoff there. And, uh, and and she named all seven foods that, that begin with the letter Q. <laughs> but, I mean, you said she got her payoff there. It was very short-lived because... It was. <sighs> Sydney and his wife's house uh, got broken into. They needed some money. Um, so he asked Billy to play ball with him again. But Billy had to put up the money that Gloria won. And she told him that he did that. They were done. <sighs> Heartbreaking scene. I, I, when he came back and she was literally gone... Watching that now as an adult, a little heartbreaking. As a kid, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, no, it definitely is heartbreaking. Yeah, I guess, I guess you know, once you, once you've been in love once or twice, you 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 know that feeling. I guess so. Yeah, when you're a kid, it is sort of funny. But uh, yeah, an, an emotional ending there. I mean, really, again, Billy had no business even playing in that league to begin with. He was given multiple opportunities to to not screw it up, and literally, like the, I think, as you said earlier, screwed it up at every possible turn, like every chance he got. He just he, he stuck his foot in his mouth or he bet a bet that he shouldn't have bet. And, and and it ultimately ended up costing him like the only thing that he had good that was going for him other than his newfound friendship with Sydney. And, uh, you know, it, it is it, it, it's just sort of sad at the whole at the end there. Yeah, it is, man. It's definitely sad. Um, yeah, man, that sucks. That's like true. A movie in which true love does not prevail was not very common, especially in the nineties. It's like they all ended up well and he he they won the game. He doubled their money, but yet he didn't end up with the girl. Yeah, and I guess it's almost that struggle like he didn't quite realize it's one of those you don't, you know, realize what you have until you lose it. And he loved he loved her, obviously, and I think he even knew that all throughout the movie, but he also loved that feeling of having the money on the line, being in the game taken or not even taken the big shot because it took him almost the entire movie before he actually took you know took the big shot towards the end but to be in that moment and to have the adrenaline rushing and and it blinds you man like if anybody who's ever had any sort of uh, addiction issues or you know just is an adrenaline junkie of some kind like in that moment that's all that matters to you no matter how much you love or like anything else 
that, that may be more important in your life. And he could just never see through that fog. And it ultimately cost him. Yeah, yeah. And and it sucks, man. <sighs> but what, what did you think about that scene where uh, the mobsters finally got back to Billy and they didn't actually even kill him. Well, he was able to pay them back, but they uh, did that whole mock thing for their book uh, to make it look like they killed him. That cracked me the hell up. Yeah, it seemed like an interesting choice. Like, what happens now? Does the, you know, like Billy's got to lay low, get a haircut, die? You know, what, what exactly is what, what are one of these mob bosses going to think when they see him walking around? That's something I always kind of wondered. Maybe Billy just got the hell out of Dodge. It was probably better for him if he did, because clearly he was not making good decisions in that part of town or whatever town he was in. Um, it's just, you know, that, that, that was sort of funny at the end. I, I never quite made sense of it, but it, I do always chuckle when they, when they have him, you know, the, the picture snaps and all of a sudden he moves and I'm like, Oh, you know, like the first time I thought he was dead. And then <laughs> now every time since I'm just waiting for that stupid look on his face when he sits up. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but overall good movie, man. What, anything left to say on this movie, man? It, it's, it's a classic. I, I, I don't know. What do you think about it? it? It really is like if you if you haven't watched it, most certainly go do that. If you have watched it, go back, watch it again and really pay attention to some of the dialogue that takes place on the basketball court. Like because some of the insults that Wesley Snipes is dealing out or that that Sydney's dealing out are just like perfect. Some of them are just some of them are a little timely, like you, you might not get some of the references in 2018. But back in 1992, that shit was straight savage, and you need to listen to it because it was great. It would have been top Twitter material today. <laughs> so you know, anytime I have you on a segment, and I don't ever prepare you for this because you're so good on your feet, I ask you some questions that you weren't prepared for. So, Andrew Bello, I need your top three basketball movies and your top three Wesley Snipe movies. Oh, wow. You really put me on the spot here. All right. So ba- oh, let's go with basketball first. Uh, basketball, white man can't jump is absolutely number one. Uh, number two, I'd have to go Space Jam just okay. because I, it's like one of those I can always watch. Um, and Wait, and wait, wait. Got, what? What? You said Wesley Snipes and Space Jam? No, ba- you said three basketball movies. Right? Oh, basketball, basketball movies. First. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I confused I myself. Think- I'm, I'm worried that I can't name three Wesley Snipes movies. So <laughs> I've driven past his house, though. He lives in the great state of New Jersey. Um, all right, so White Man Can't Jump, Space Jam, and probably – oh, man, that's, a, that's sort of a toss-up. I'll go He Got Game just because it's that or it's that or Hoosiers, but I think I always liked He Got Game a little bit more. Um, the, then as far as, um, as far as Wesley Snipes movies, again, White Man Can't Jump, um, The Fugitive. Wasn't he The Fugitive? Um, and I honestly, I was never a fan of any of the blade movies or anything along those lines. So I'm, I'm really struggling to come up with another Wesley Snipes film, not necessarily my favorite actor, but his work in this film is most certainly worthy of note. So I've, I've always been a fan of, of white man can't joke, but not necessarily the biggest Wesley Snipes fan in the world. So you got, let's throw, I'll throw out, throw you out some options. You can pick these out for your, your number three. So you said oh, blades out of question. Um, so we got New Jack City, which is a classic as well. Mm-hmm. Jungle Fever. Okay. Money Train. No love for Money Train. Money Train. I feel like it's one of those that I have not seen it recently enough to actually have a, a, a good memory of it. But it's it's remember, him and Woody Woody Harrelson to get together again. Maybe that's why I'm like blur, maybe it's blurring into this movie. For me. <laughs> um, yeah. the Art of War. Train. You gonna go with Money Train? Okay. Oh, well, by default, we'll go with Money Train. <laughs> 
have my top three favorite Wesley Snipes movies are two Wesley Snipes movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, well, Bello, I want to thank you. Um, and also, I want to I want to offer you this. Me and you, we already said we're the best duo in podcasting, right? Absolutely. So I think we should do a series of buddy films together. So we knock this out. I think we should do a buddy cop movie next, and then we'll, we'll let the people pick the third one. How do you feel about that? I, I, I feel really good about that. As a matter of fact, yeah, I mean, by all means, let, let the people choose whatever, but yeah, but buddy cop film, I've, I've already got a couple in mind. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk off air about that, but yeah, by, by, by all means, man, you know, I'm, I'm always available, always, always willing and gable, I guess, to, to, to yeah. shoot the shit here with you. <laughs> cool. Well, we're going to take a brief break. Uh, everyone, you're going to hear, uh, the, the intro music for Stay Woke as me and Bello get ready to transition to the Stay Woke segment. No, stay, woke. stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Alright, Bello, it's time for Stay Woke, man. You heard the music. Unfortunately, as much fun as we just had talking about that movie, um, it, 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 I don't know, man. I've, I've prepared people on my Twitter uh, for what this segment is going to be. And I, I can't even say it's going to be you. Uh, I know I'm probably going to go off here. But uh, I sent you an article today. Um, and I know you know you read it. Uh, but we're going to we're going to go into what first got me to send you that article. So recently, Singer Genuine uh, was on. Uh, God, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Oh, so he was attempted to be kissed by a transgendered person. Um, he turned down the kiss and immediately afterwards, he's transphobic. All types of stuff is just gone all over the place, all over social media, all over Twitter. <sighs> Bello, am I crazy for thinking this is a crock of shit? No, no. As, as a matter of fact, I'm very happy to hear that that people who are not necessarily like I was saying to you right before we got on here, such you know, this has been a stance that has been largely associated with the right wing nut jobs that I generally affiliate with, and now it's starting to move towards the center and even towards the left. Like some of our some of our more you know left leaning friends, even I'm seeing on social media, that are kind of speaking out about this. This whole this whole concept is all been it's all been derived from the idea that people wanted us to just accept the the reality that these transgender people live in so if you are a transgender woman you were born a a man and now appear to be act as if you are a woman uh that's that's all cool with me up to that point the issue with me and with most people that were you know the quote-unquote right-wing nut jobs again the issue was always that we don't have any real issue with you being who you want to be it's when you ask me to warp my reality to fit your sense of self that's that's an issue and now we're at the point to where I or you as a straight man are considered to be less of a man or weak or closed minded or even dare I say it transphobic. If we will not kiss a woman that was at one point a man, I'm sorry, CEO, I'm going to I'm going to get a little graphic on this one. My number one prerequisite for my potential kissing, lovemaking partners is a vagina. So I'm starting there. That that is the number one prerequisite. I don't care if you are a transgender woman and initially I might be like, whoa, that's a good looking woman. 
And then when I find out it is not in fact a woman, that is where my attraction ends. Point blank period. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's me. That's how I look at these things. Uh, genuine, apparently the same. So we're, we're like-minded, I guess, I guess, at that front. But the, the idea that he's transphobic or that man do not want to date a transgender woman, you are transphobic. I mean, maybe. Uh, this is something I was actually talking about on In Beta with Fame Black. Uh, I, was, I was saying, you know, like, it, it depends on your definition of the word. If I recognize that there are differences between the genders or that there are only two genders and that sort of thing makes me sexist or transphobic in your mind, then yeah, sure, I'm sexist and transphobic in your mind. <laughs> but for, for people who are just trying to look at it objectively and uh, aren't quite necessarily as judgmental or, or, or aren't even, you know, the, 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 the people that criticize these things are so willing to understand the philosophy of a transgender person, but not necessarily that of somebody who might be a skeptic of said philosophy. And I, I, I find that to be some sort of cognitive dissonance, dissonance that we might now have hit a fever pitch with. I've talked for too long. I know you have plenty to say on this. Go ahead. Listen here. This is this is what I want to say. If you want to dress up as a man, as a woman, as a dog and live your life, that is you. I don't want to I'm not knocking anyone for living their life the way they do. But when you start telling people because they're not attracted to that, that they're transphobic or some type of bigot, it's fucking ridiculous. The man's not attracted to trans gendered people that's well in his right well in his right and it's starting to get to a fever pitch to the point to where if you if you don't accept that there are only two genders then all of a sudden you're transphobic listen like i said no matter what you do you can dress up you can you it doesn't change your chromosomes that chromosome is what determines your gender um but with that being said you have the right to to call yourself what you want to be you have the right to dress how you want to dress you have the right to put on makeup if you want to put on makeup and walk around that's your prerogative you have the the american right to do so i implore you to to use that american right to do that but when you start telling me what i should think and what i should feel based off what you decide to do with your life that's a problem that, that's a very big problem, even more so to compound it then and to try to say that that person is transphobic or they're evil in some type of way because they don't see it the same way you do. That it's 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 like transphobism in reverse. It's ridiculous. And that's 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 the sad thing. Like it's it goes back to that fragility of people's feelings. It's like now if you don't agree with somebody and how they feel you're Hitler. It's it's very similar to that. And that's some complete and utter bullshit with the way I look at it. It's it's stupid. It's stupid. And like I said, I want to make sure that I'm giving a stern difference. I'm not saying if you decide to live your life as a transgender that you're stupid. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you if you're if you think your choice in doing that somehow determines what how I should look at you or how I should look at the situation you're just as much of a bigot as you're trying to make me out to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's one of these things where I always, you know, I look at it as it's a slippery slope and people always say, oh, yeah, that's a you know lazy argument. Well, like, let's look at Canada right now, for instance, where it is actually a criminal offense for you to use the wrong pronoun when addressing a transgender person or any person, I would assume. It, it's actually something that you could be fined and or jailed for. That's where this is heading. Here in America now, I mean, it's going to be much harder to do here because we obviously have the First Amendment and people are willing to die to defend it. But um, it's one of these things that it's just it it moves the, the it unhinges 
what was otherwise a relatively stable society. And now we're looking at it from, you know, look, like if we have a world where you could just be who you want to be, great. I want to be the president. You know, <laughs> like I want I want to be the president. I want to be a billionaire. I want to be a hip hop mogul. I want to be a professional wrestler. Can I just be these things? Because I decided one day I woke up, my head lifted off the pillow and said, that's it. I'm John Cena now. You, you can't just do that. And, and, and if you could, it devalues everything that anyone else has ever worked for, anything that any scientist has ever discovered as far as chromosomes and sex and gender and all of these things. It, you're rewriting uh, uh, an incredible amount of history, like not just history, but you're, you're rewriting like the building blocks of, of life in and of itself. Across all species, there are two genders. There are exceptions. There's intergender, which is like an extreme minority. There's various forms of hermaphrodite, hermaphrodite and that kind of thing. But to have, you know, to, to, to rule or, or, or be, you know, to legislate around that extreme, extreme, extreme minority is, is something that is, is endangering the extreme, extreme, extreme majority. It, it just it, it's, it's just crazy to me that it's just gotten to this point. And again, like you said, like I've said a million times on the show, like if you're a transgender person, I have no qualms with you until you give me a reason to have a qualm with you. But once I have to, you know, if I'm a private business and I have to create a third bathroom or fourth bathroom or 57th bathroom for you and your particular identity, that becomes a real problem for me. If I, as a normal person, have to now expand my already exorbitant vocabulary to add in a million pronouns that I hadn't even known existed until four days ago, like that's a pretty extreme change to thrust upon your fellow human being. So I'm just asking that you, you know, use the restroom that is designated for your particular chromosome set. You're asking me to rewrite everything I know about gender and 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 sex and and you know. One of the things that I always laugh about is like, where are the feminists on this sort of thing? Like, if I could just wake up one day and be a woman, doesn't that negate all that's wonderful and unique about femininity? Like if I could just wake up and say, I'm a woman now, well, then how special is being a woman? And, and to me, I think being a man or being a woman is special in its own right. And feminists, you know, obviously lean towards how wonderful womanhood is. Well, guess what, ladies? Like if I could just wake up and say I'm a woman, it's not that special. So you need to defend your own... Uh, half of the of the chromosome pool will defend ours and you know you're not any less of a man if you don't want to kiss a transgender woman frankly you don't have to kiss anybody you don't like whether they're a transgender woman a regular woman a man a, a you know whatever a turtle it doesn't matter you don't have to do what you don't want to do and that's kind of the point here and that's and that's the thing is that everyone's making a big deal in specifying this because it was a transgender person what if it was a woman that he wasn't attracted to that he just didn't want to kiss would then we would everyone be saying that genuine hates women considering he's married to a woman and has like 150 kids is it that many he no i mean they they have a lot <laughs> but uh I, I mean but seriously it's it's like you said it's a slippery soap and it's like now even me and you saying this people are going to hear this and and say Oh well, they had they're transphobic, and no one's saying that. I I that's why I clearly stated when I started talking. If you want to live your life that way, that's in your right. I in, implore you to do it, but you can't expect everyone to see it the way you do. That there that we still do have the first amendment. We still do. Everyone has their power of choice, and the the, the fact of the matter is is that you know I mean you, you are by all definition a man who is deciding to live their life as a woman which do that 
but but it's not transphobic if if a if a straight man is not attracted to you which that's the next thing we're going to get into (sighs) talk about a slippery slope i guess because we were going to talk about it i just said f it and let's just go ahead and and burn let's scorch the earth billow Um, yeah (laughs) but and, and and this is interesting because like you said a lot of people say that this is thoughts of people who are only extremely on the right um which i'm not at all i don't even know if i'm a leftist i'm i'm just i'm on the side of what's right that's what i'm going to say if you if you if you treat people well if you do the right thing if you are doing things to improve this country chances are i'm i'm I, i'm going to pay attention i may like you better yet if you're a, if a good person but nonetheless yeah. um so there was an article in in my pestivity of this whole genuine situation that came across my my internet travels um in which just this is just the title of the article we'll start it off with this men who don't date well it's it's transgender women semicolon men who won't date us because they're insecure and weak yeah let's talk about this andrew (laughs) Let's talk about this. So I I am a a very strong man. I I would I would like to think I'm I'm an asshole. I I uh, have a job. I, I raise my kids. I um, have a lot of fortitude. I would like to say. Um, and I know you are too. You 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 do what you have to do. You work. You very intelligent young man. Um, I would not date a transgender woman. It's not because I hate transgender people. I'm just not attracted to them. Um, I guess that makes me insecure and weak, Bella. What do you think about that? I think you're insecure and weak. No, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just no. I think there's so many layers to all of this, and I'm gonna you know try to try to get through them quickly. But um, if you know, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a straight man. I I like women. I don't don't like men. I don't like men that were well, women that used to be men or men that are now women. I like I like women that think they're women. And could potentially could potentially produce a child for me somewhere down the road, which is a big thing. You know, you hear couples all the time like, oh, well, you know, I'm really thinking about getting married, but she doesn't want to have kids or he doesn't want to have kids. Well, that that's a pretty important factor in relationships for a lot of people. So if even I could look past the fact that you were once a man, I can now not look past the fact that you can't have children for me. So, you know, there's not not to say that that's all women are good for. But obviously, when I'm looking for a life partner, I'm potentially looking for somebody that I could have a I have a life with. I could marry and potentially have, you know, a, a child with and, and grow. And that's maybe not for everybody. But um, just just on that base level, um, then now we're we've got this thing where we are challenging men's masculinity or or their strength because they don't have the. I guess the temerity to be able to kiss another man, which is by my definition what I'm looking at when I see a transgender woman. Again, on surface value, and we we joke about this all the time, kind of our not joke about it, but we talk about it in our group chat all the time. Is you, you see like a really really attractive what we presume to be a woman on Instagram or any number of various places on the internet, and like the first, not the first thing, but one of those things pops at some point in the back of your head, you go, are we sure that's a woman? And and you, you just wanna make sure. There's there's something to knowing what the, what the gender of the person that you're potentially sleeping with or kissing or whatever the case may be. You want to you want to know these things. These are intimate details you should probably know before you get yourselves involved into a sexual or romantic relationship with another person. And I mean to suggest that I'm you know I don't think that I don't think that gay men are less of men for 
kissing other men? Does that, why, why would somebody think that I'm less of a man for not wanting to kiss another man? I don't see the correlation there at all. So I, I, it's just one of these things like we're getting to the point to where they're, they're, they don't have a point. So they're going to like dare us into doing this. And there's going to be some sort of sweeping trend of, in all likelihood, liberal men going out of their way to date transgender women, which by all means is fine by me because they won't be reproducing. But um, that's, <laughs> that's that's where we're going. That's where this is going eventually. Uh, so let's read some of this article, um, which a lot of this was pulled from from Mike, uh, which is a. a uh, apparently a media company that caters to millennials. I had never heard of it before this, but one of the employees of Mike, a transgender woman named Serena was asked uh, about dating. And this, this is, this is one of the first statements. We'll, we'll unpack this as we, as we go along. If the idea that a guy dating a trans woman makes him gay, then what you're basically saying is that a trans woman is not a woman. She's like a boy playing dress up. I mean, like I haven't put all the work and money and time and the resources into my transition to say I'm playing dress up. I'm not playing dress up. This is who I am. 24-7, certain cis... Let's stop there. I'm sorry. I have to stop here. And this is one of those things where I kind of ignored our our very own Demetrius Williams from the WWPN was the first one to bring uh, to my attention, at least, this whole calling people who identify as the gender they were born with as cis listen don't recategorize my sex because of you choosing to live as a different sex that's the only thing like again i'm not criticizing anyone who choose to live as, at a diff, as a different sex but don't again you're taking away my power of choice because now because i identify as a man that i was born as i'm cisgendered no i'm just i just see myself as what i was born as what do you what do you think when you hear that phrase cisgendered fellow? Yeah, no, it it triggers the hell out of me. Um, uh, I you know the South Park actually had an episode about all this where Cartman was like pretending to be transgendered. Go back, just go watch it, folks. It's funny. Um, but the, this yeah, the the reworking of the language to try to normalize this new train of thought that really has no it has no fundamental basis in any facts. Like I mean, uh, there's no science behind this. If they if they could somehow find the part of the brain that releases a chemical that makes you one gender or another as opposed to one sex or another. All right. Like, like let's get there scientifically and then I'll start hearing these arguments. But as of right now, what we're talking about is a matter of language. You, you get sex from your chromosomes and people try to say that gender is a social construct where gender and sex had literally been interchangeable through all of time up until like the 80s and then some people started kind of trying to separate the two leading up to the to to the you know to this debate that we have now today is gender and sex the same thing well again it has just always been that way and 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 it's a matter of just media outlets and and activist groups and trying to kind of manipulate the language in such a way to where now, if they can make cisgender a thing, now that means that there are other types of gender things, and they can branch off from there with transgender, agender, multigender, fluid gender, non-binary gender. You see where I'm starting to get where this is ridiculous? <laughs> Again, I want to keep, I'm going to keep, because I know there's people who are not going to listen to this. I want to keep drilling. I am saying that you have the right to live your life the way you want to. I'm basically just using this. Don't take away my right. Don't don't change. I see exactly where you're going with it. And it's going to it's going to next is transspecialism. Where you can you can be whatever species you want. 
Well, it's funny you should say that. We're at transracialism now. So for all of you people who happen to be, you know, of whatever race, because I'm white, I'm not allowed to be proud of being white. But everyone else, uh, <laughs> you guys, uh, if you if you really hold dear your particular particular ethnicity, um, you know, Brown University is now allowing applicants to self-identify as whatever race that they like. So when my daughter's winning, winning like African-American scholarships in 10 years, you can blame the people that make these types of decisions for this transracial trans species trans age how are you gonna feel when the 60 year old man walks into the kids restroom at Chuck E. Cheese and says I'm 12 <laughs> you know what I'm saying eventually this gets really dangerous so I, while I'm all for uh, society progressing in certain ways like obviously I could say that you know the way that I said gender and trans and sex are or had been linked all through time like yeah there was terrible ideologies that existed back in those times as well but they weren't caught you know those actually were causing harm the words gender and sex being uh, synonymous with one another were causing really not a lot of harm to or not a lot of people at the end of the day and to separate the two and now again race species age uh, whatever we're, we're gonna get to the point out where you, you're just gonna be able to be like I'm an iPhone like okay you're an iPhone and I guess we're gonna have to just accept that people are iPhones now <sighs> Apple would be really happy about it they would be you know, it's much easier to produce people than it is to produce iPhones <laughs> very very true very true and and and, that, and this is what I'm trying to highlight by highlighting this statement is that in the same sentence that she and and I will refer to her as her because I'm being respectful. But it, it, Serena, in the same sense that she was trying to say that she wants to be identified as a woman, in that very same statement, it's taken away our power to say that we are just men. No, we have to be cisgendered men. I, that just bothers me to no end. Like I said, this is reverse transphobism. That's that's what this is. Yeah, it's they they have to turn the ideology back around and make make you the outcast, make you the you know the, for lack of a better term, because I'm sure this is how a lot of them feel. Other people feel that they feel that they are, but like they make you the weirdo. They make you. You know the the the, the close-minded person, where in, in actuality you're just you're just trying to look at it the way that you've always looked at it. And while we're all you know, again, we're all open, hopefully in some level to change, um, you know, progress even on a societal, on an intellectual level. It, it, you're gonna have to show me some some real data here. And I would ask Serena, who I will refer to as a her for the purpose of these conversations. I generally don't otherwise give that courtesy though however um but if she is a transgender woman was out at a bar and met a man who she thought was a cisgendered man and got home and discovered that there was something missing downstairs would she feel the same way about that particular relationship as she's asking cisgendered men quote unquote to feel about her so it's real easy for her to play the victim here because, you know, being transgendered is is that new sensitive topic that no one's allowed to criticize or or or, or dispute or mock in any way, shape or form. Uh, I, again, I'd ask I'd ask her if she'd feel the same way if she fell into a similar trap, for lack of a better term. And uh, and she was you know surprised, I guess, by by the makeup of her potential partner. I don't think she'd be quite so forgiving because if she is a 
transgendered woman who is attracted to supposedly, I guess, cisgendered men, then that person is not fulfilling the requirements that she has as far as the people that she would be physically, sexually, romantically, intellectually attracted to. And I, I just, I, you know, again, it's one of these small examples and people are going to blow it up all over the internet. I even saw this article when it was trending on Twitter a couple of days ago. Um, but it's just, you know, it, it's a matter of circumstance here. Uh, if you're if you're into you know, if you're a transgender woman who's into straight cisgendered men, you're going to have to find one who's open minded. Like I'm into Asian women. They're not all going to come just running to me because I'm into them. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah. it, there's there's a selection process that goes on in all dating. And this is, is going to be part of it. And and I think it's important to, to note, and I do want to say this, that being transgender doesn't necessarily mean that they are attracted to men. There are several transgendered Oh no! I was Women. just using that. Yeah. As no, no, I, I know, no, 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 not for you. I know you know. This is just for the interests of people who are walking into this conversation, because some people don't realize that that there are transgendered women who are still attracted to women. Isn't uh Caitlyn Jenner one of those? I believe. Yes, yes, yes. Go. So I mean, it happens. Um, but again, I, I'm 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 not more so than arguing that point. I'm just arguing the fact of now taking taking the opposite genders or. or people identify as what they were born with taking their power away and making it about being transphobic. And I, and I, another statement from this article that I want to read is, um, and this was from a, another transgender person. This was not Serena. They did not, uh, give the name of, of, of this person. So I can't state the name, but this one is guys tend to approach me more often at night than during the day. But when they find out that, (laughs) That I'm transgendered, they decide that they don't want to talk to me. It's basically I'm, I'm paraphrasing because it's it's a long article. Definitely check it out. I'll put the description in. But I mean, so this person goes on to basically say that they get approached by guys, but then when guys find out that that they are transgendered, they immediately back away. And there's another statement in the two that talks about violence, and we'll we'll talk about that one to kind of end. But um, here's the thing: this I have a problem with someone who's in that situation be labeled as transphobic because if someone sees you and thinks that you're a woman which is what you what you want what what transgender people want at least the ones that are in this article notice that you're transgendered and then decide that they that that's not what they're into that's not what they're attracted to and then to say they're transphobic um no they just they just aren't attracted to transgendered people um, I don't think that's. I mean, of course, they can be transphobic, but I don't think that automatically makes them the worst person in the world if they're just not attracted to you. Um, we'll talk about the violence aspect because that's where I, I agree with some of the statements. But this one, um, what do you think about this fellow? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of more, more or less, what we've been been saying here. It's just you know, it, it, it's a. It's an ex- expectation for people to warp their reality. Like I said, like dating is a selective process in and of itself. Like there's there's any number of things. I've dumped girls for the most ridiculous and superficial of reasons. And in retrospect, I probably made mistakes in some of those cases. But nonetheless, I had the right to make that decision at the time. And to say that I need I need to accept this not only on a just regular old social platonic level, but now I need to accept this into my bedroom or whatever the case may be that that's that's really that's oppressive, almost fascist thinking to suggest that I need to think a certain way. Otherwise, I I'm 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 just in an out. I, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a demon of some sort. It's just uh, I don't fully understand 
the logic there. And again, I ask, you know, where are where are you know the any number of other women's rights groups or men's rights groups or all those kinds of things? If if being a woman or being a man is is so wonderful and it has all the merits that these types of groups would say that they have, how can I just wake up this morning and have all of those merits? I just there there needs to be there are there are t- two genders again in my opinion um, and and there are differences between them and they're not just visual they're not just you know mental physical there, there's any number of different reasons uh, different things that separate men and women you know some people are you know if you and I uh, are good students but you're good at more of the reading comprehension and I'm better at, at math we were different but we're not neither one of us is dumb you know so at the end of the day there are differences that don't necessarily equate to inequalities and i i think that's something that we needed to focus on in the first place and maybe we wouldn't have quite gotten to this this gray area of of the 95 or what is it 62 genders along those lines i really do actually try to keep up because i like to be accurate with the number when i say it uh, but it's just it's it's non it's it's nonsensical in my mind. It, it just I can't I can't quite wrap my head around the idea of reworking all of biology to fit the narrative of a very, very small group of people. And now we are targeting the much larger group of people based on the ideology of that much smaller group of people. It just just doesn't really it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's like as if there was like a tiny group of people in America that had that worshipped a religion where they could sacrifice children. And if we didn't say not to not to equate the two on a moral level, but it's just, you know, if if we can't if you if you don't let us sacrifice children, you're being a bigot. It's like, well, you know, now you're threatening the whole for the for the you know, for the feelings of the very, very, very few. That's that's just not how society should work, or at least not a a a functioning, well-functioning society should work. And I agree with you. I mean, yeah, it's it's. Like I said, I'm, I mean, I, I, I get torn back and forth because I understand um, that there is some bigotry. There is some of uh, of it going around. And let me not say something. There's a lot of what transgender people have to go through because of how they decide to live their lives with people who just because they're different, they do treat them wrong. They do attack them. They do belittle them. And I'm not here for any of that. Um, but at the same time, it's getting to the point now where now you're, you're trying to say that I need to change the way that I see myself because of another group of people. And that's, that's where I think that there's something just at a baseline that's so morally wrong about that. And everyone's so caught up in walking that tiptoe, living in that great, that gray area and defending people that the people who just wake up and are, are we're fine with how they were born is are are now being the ones who are being labeled as bigots and thing. And I have, I have such, such a problem with that. Um, as if we've drilled home, uh, during this, but I, I, one last statement from this article that I want to talk about. And this, uh, this one is back to Serena who has, who talked about, um, a man approaching her. And as soon as they heard her voice, um, went to saying, why did you trick me? Um, getting violent, acting a fool that's where i kind of agree I, I i don't agree with getting violent at all i understand that some people do feel like they were betrayed and even then if you approach someone and you just find out okay keep it moving um but what do you what do you think about that i, I and this this is our opportunity bello for us as p- pissed off as we get about people about this i know you we we don't condone violence so 
What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I certainly don't condone violence on this kind of scale. Uh, I think a lot of these people, you know, look the the the, the people that are that are acting out against these transgendered uh, men or women, I guess, that they happen to be meeting, uh, a lot of them are the type of people that are weak-minded and closed-minded, and, and they're really not so much angry at the transgendered person as they are mad at themselves, that they were fooled, or that they were, you know, they were hoodwinked by this person in a dress that they thought was an attractive woman that apparently is not entirely the case, at least in their minds. And, uh, you know, that to, to, to act violently, I saw, I, I read some of the articles that were talking about, you know, some of the violence, some of the some of the, the the men that will like kill their potentially transgendered lover because they don't want anyone to find out that they were ever with what they considered to be a man and that kind of stuff. That's just yeah, terrible across the board. So when when I come on here and I, I say these kinds of things about transgenderism, which I certainly have some hot takes on and I, I understand that they rub people the wrong way, I think we can I think we can agree to disagree on two points. The transgenders, uh, the, the community want to say that gender is on a spectrum. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm certainly going to allow them to hold their opinion on that front. I think on the opposite end, acceptance of transgenderism is too on a spectrum. And they might want it to be a black and white thing where they can point out the bigots and just everyone else will be cool. But at the end of the day, the same way that I'm not going to necessarily accept their spectrum, they might not accept mine. But the general population has a wide, wide variety of different levels of acceptance or tolerance for this particular ideology, this lifestyle. And we're never going to get it to where everybody's on one page about it. That never happens about anything. So, uh, you know, there are going to be the bigots and the, the people that commit violence. And all of us who are decent human beings, transgendered, cisgendered, agendered, should all get together, point those instances out and, and just, you know, in in deny them you know their their moment do not do not justify them in any way do not validate those types of opinions but at the same time just because i'm not necessarily accepting of the ideology does not mean i'm one of these people that would physically violate a transgendered person or get to the point to where i you know i i would be open and speaking out against their rights i don't think i don't think that they should have uh, you know I, I i don't know it's one of those things like i'm i, I don't consider myself a bigot some people might <laughs> but based on my views but again i think it's on a spectrum of acceptance as well as they would say it's on a spectrum of gender and uh there there are obviously bad people on on both sides of the argument um, that some people are exploiting the whole thing on the on the one side of transgenderism. And there are obviously the bigots and people committing violence against transgender people on the other side, both terrible groups of people. I think we can all look at those people and, and agree upon that, at least. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's that's just at a baseline. That's what needs to happen. Um yeah, man. I, 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 and you know what? I honestly, as fired up as I was when we talked about recording this, I was a lot calmer than what I thought I was going to be. Um, but yeah, man, let, let, let's let's let calmer heads prevail. Let's not attack anyone. That that I will not stand for, no matter what the disagreement is. I think you're the scum of the earth if you attack anyone just because they look different than you they are different than you they feel different than you whatever like don't do that that that's just utter bullshit and you're you're the scum of the earth in my opinion um but yeah i mean bello anything left that you want to that you want to say on this topic anything that you want to say about anything before we go ahead and close this out tell the people good night because i'm sure i'm sure we pissed quite a few people off today 
yeah as always i want to thank anybody who hung in this long um you know again i just when i come on here in particular i try to try to at least shed some light on what to what is to most people maybe some people in your audience maybe most people in your audience is the quote other side and I hope by now that your listeners know that I, I personally at least don't come from a place of hate. I, I really, you know, I just, frankly, I don't like most people. But I don't. But that has nothing to do with any kind of race or change or gender or whatever the case may be. But the people I do like, like yourself, like our buddies over at the WWPN, like, like probably most of your listeners. I'm sure we'd get along. We can have a beer. Well, I don't really drink, but I might make an exception for that particular occasion. Um, you know, I just think at the end of the day, open dialogue. Is, is a great, great way to solve a lot of these problems. You and I were actually very much on the same side of the, of the coin on this one, so maybe maybe this dialogue wasn't necessarily so open, but uh, as I've said to you personally in the past, I'll now say on the airwaves, if anybody out there opposes my particular opinion, you want to hash it out here on The Awakened Soul, like hit CEO Hayes up, we'll make this happen. I'm happy to have a cordial conversation with anybody about just about any topic that I'm particularly passionate about or that you're passionate about. And I think at the end of the day, if we have more conversations like this one, like that potential one moving forward, we're gonna all be—we're all gonna be better off. There's just—we we need to understand that the person across from us isn't evil. They just have the same goals, but a different strategy 90% of the time. And um, yeah, uh, I think that's that's just about where I'm gonna leave it for this week. I'm sure I'll be back to talk some more. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Um, wow, we did it again, Bello. Uh, tell the. <laughs> Did you already tell the people where they could find you? Did no, I miss that? No, I, I did tell not. No, you could find me for all the all the lighthearted stuff, music, movies, wrestling in particular. Uh, Black Panther hype is strong with this one, so let's talk about that. You can find me at WWP and Bellow for that stuff. And uh, should you dare to enter the political battle dome with me, you could find me at the Andrew Bellow. That's T H to the E A N to the D R E W B E double L. Oh, back to you, Hayes. Yeah. And as always, this this is the Awakened Soul. Bella already said it. If you made it this far, you are a brave, brave soul. But you can find me at CEO Hayes. It's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. Um, we're gonna be trying to get a a uh a discussion page up on Facebook to talk about some of these topics. You know, the whole point of this convers this uh podcast is to provoke thought and conversation. So what better place than to start that conversation? But we will we will get any trolls out of there. But uh that's something that's been going through my mind. Nonetheless, you can send us any feedback, qu- questions, comments, concerns, uh the awakened soul pod at gmail.com. Bello is e- issued uh not an open challenge. That makes it seem confrontational, but an open discussion, uh an invite for an open discussion. Absolutely. More than more than willing to facilitate that. If if anyone wants to come on, if there's some things that me and Bello said that we just aren't educated on, and you feel you can educate us on, please. I and this is this yeah, is not totally sarcasm possible. at all. This is not sarcasm at all. I I, I did I, in this conversation. This was me strictly coming from my feelings and my thoughts. Um, referencing an article, I had no stats at all. So if if I'm completely missing the point here, if there's something that you have some stats that um can that need to sway us so that you feel we need to be made aware of you can either send them or you want to come on come on i I can make that happen um you're more than welcome to it's not going to be hostile at all because me and bello are both willing to learn things that we're not we both know that we don't know everything that's not what this podcast is about it's to provoke conversation that's just a conversation that me and bello wanted to have so with that all being said i want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening to make it this far i love each and every one of you guys good night i love you too guys Peace. i guess i don't
Like I don't know nobody Ooh, like I don't, like I don't 